is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles, Season 3, Episode 28. It's good to be a Tottenham supporter right now. I'm joined by Ollie Lister, who was at Old Trafford. Mate, how you doing, first of all? Very well, thanks, Felix. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Even I'm not good off the back of a 2-2 draw at Old Trafford, by the way, but we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. I wanted to ask you about your trip up there. Um, is, is, is it falling apart, Old Trafford? Is, is it, what kind of state is that stadium in? And and I include the fan base as being part of the stadium as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks a bit tired now. Um, I mean, it, it didn't rain, so we didn't get any of the waterfall effects or anything like that that you've seen. Um, but yeah, it's a bit battered now. And it's just a bit, it's a bit of a miserable place, really, isn't it? Well, it's I mean, look, like... they've done us a favour when they were winning titles and stopping them not down the road from grabbing them. Um, but... They, you know, suffering. Suffering is good. Suffering humbles you. Um, and character mind, building, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they 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 dominated for so long. They had such a what twenty five, twenty six years under Ferguson. A ridiculous amount of time. Different, different, different era, really. I mean, football is not the same anymore. Managers will never stick it out for twenty plus years at the same club. Um, but it's good that they are um, they are struggling a little bit. And whereas Spurs, I'm not saying we're anywhere near end game, but it's, it's quite a nice contrast, you know. That um, in half a season, are we are we okay to run away with that with with that sentiment that we're? Or, or do you think the fact that Tottenham turned it around so quickly post Conte, it could quite easily happen with with United as well? Yeah, I mean, both things can be true, really. Um, I, I think we've kind of, last season, I think even maybe you and I talked about it, is that things can change very quickly in football. And even when you kind of feel like you're down and out and miles from it, you know, just a couple of right decisions here and there and um, things start to look a lot rosier and, and that's where we are. But, you know, kind of, if you look at United, they're, they're seemingly moving in the opposite direction. They... That mm. they kind of where we were last season really mm. it's just you know nothing to to hold on to really by the time it you know real kind of late stage Conti sort of vibes there crowd deader than dead um, you know the team just don't seem to have any image at all but you know you look at us and you know the away support is always good but you know I think Anyone who's been to the lane this year will say kind of the difference in atmosphere at home as well is just night and day. You know, the place has been really buzzing even when the kind of results have been maybe not as good as they could have been. There's still been a real air of optimism. Yeah. Um, and obviously what's happening on the pitch is just remarkable, really. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it, it, I mean, every, every pod is a mention of this and every time anyone talks about Tottenham, I mean, the difference between... You know, last season, uh, the last four seasons. That's not to say we didn't have pockets of of, of feeling good about Tottenham and, and being yeah. in a position where we thought we were going to crack on. I mean, the way that we pipped our sort of fourth spot, and then we thought we'd we'd, we'd the momentum would carry through to the next season. It didn't. Uh, absolutely, I, I think both you and me thought the same thing. You know, we thought we had a really good transfer window. Um, you know, we finished the season strongly, and players like Kulusevski had come in, and you know. Benton Core too, and, and given the place a real lift, and we thought, you know, more of that, please. And then it, it just never, never started up again, and hmm. eventually just turned to absolute shit. Yeah, I mean, it was towards the end. It was it was diabolical. I mean, it was even at that point as much as much as I, I gave in to trying to rationalise and and, <laughs> and think about how things would improve. I st- I started sounding like a, a conspiracy theorist. I, I, I mean. Neither you or me can uh, rid ourselves of the when it clicks um, oh <laughs> tag God. that um, I think we all held on to, and you know maybe the I think to begin with there was probably some um, some kind of 
legitimacy to believe in that but then it yeah it became like a real passion project and then a sign of insanity really (laughs) (laughs) well but the thing is it's great that we have the tangibles now like you know I mean, let's let's talk about the United game, um, and you can talk about like a, b- a bit more about your trip if you if you if, if you want to share anything else that you might have spotted in terms of the mood amongst the away fans. But in terms of the the output, I mean, it was a draw. Um, now I'm not buzzing off the back of a draw. If anything, I'm disappointed we we didn't win. But it, you know, I'm a firm believer this season that it's about how Tottenham make me feel, not just in isolated games which aren't really isolated i mean games tell you how we're progressing but you need a collection of results and performances to really see evidence and really understand what tottenham are trying to do i think at united there were so many things you know the the, okay forget about united missing players i think pound for pound I i don't really think it's comparable to the players that spurs are missing but you know the big thing for me was the system the the style of play even with, you know, Skip and the Viking in the, in the middle of the pitch, uh, not that I'm I'm criticising them for anything, but the fact that we had so many important missing first teamers out that we still play this 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 style and this this pass and movement and the way that we play the ball out from the back and the way that the players play for each other, it's it's always constant. It's never it's not always perfect. But there's something there which alludes back to what you're saying that you know we have an identity, whereas United at the minute seem all lost at sea. So um, di- you're obviously disappointed that we didn't win, right? That, would that be a fair thing to to say off the back of that? Game? I, I think when I saw the lineup, I would have taken the draw, right, and been quite happy with that. Um, mainly because I think you know none of us suspected Kulisevsky to be out although there have been some small rumours but it was around an injury I didn't realise from what I could gather it wasn't like this bug that had gone through and there were even kind of I don't know if people just getting ahead of themselves talks of like maybe Madison being on the bench and then obviously neither happened yeah. and um, you know we saw the midfield that we put out and yeah. actually I thought all three of them played really well uh, I know Hoybjerg obviously comes in for a little bit of stick to say the, the least yeah, no. um, but um, I thought he played really well Um all things considered, I thought he really worked really hard. Um, you know, kept the ball moving much more fluently than he perhaps done in recent games. Um, and then that, you know, looked pretty pretty dependable. Obviously, he's got limitations. Um, but, you know, he can't do anything about that. But what he can do is probably have his best game of the season for us, I thought. Um yeah. But, it, you know, there was just perhaps a, a slight lacking of cutting edge yeah. to us. Um, we didn't really create too many good chances from open play. Obviously, from set pieces, we looked a real threat. But Ryan Mason you know, is apparently the set piece coach. Well, What's going on? What is that well, he's the... He's gonna. He's the heir apparent, isn't he? He's gonna yeah, soak up everything from Big Ange, and then uh, one day he'll lead us to a, a glorious decade. That's definitely gonna happen. I don't know about the decade bit, but uh, <laughs> he's definitely gonna be uh, given the opportunity in the future. Well, it's like you know, he's he's like the Spurs equivalent to what Arteta is with for Pep, but like not an asshole and a weirdo and a freak. Yeah. He's just like a nice guy. That's just like you know that they, they do people that you wouldn't like to be left in a room with and we do good lads so <laughs> Mason would have to buy three first team goalkeepers just to you know kind of yeah be one up on them yeah one step step ahead of Arteta's uh, genius um, no, let's talk about standout performances I mean let's actually start with Richarlison because six in six it's seven for the season Ironically, more than any single Guna has scored uh, for for their swamp of a team. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Like how quickly we can write off someone. I mean, I mean, where are you at with Richarlison? Because a lot of people would probably say, "Love the guy, never stops working. Definitely knows how to score with his head. Is a bit of a Jermaine Defoe with his feet. Might need three or four chances to to, to finally bury one. Probably not." You know the number nine that we need at the club. We need to kind of 
you know, look at someone who's, who's more consistent and, and a level above Richarlison. However, if you're delivering the goods and you and you are a team player, you know, those those things are also valued quite highly, especially by, by the by the coach. But um so I guess my question is two tiered. How are you feeling about him now this season in this team? And do you think he's someone that we are going to stick with, or do you fall, or, or are you one of these people that might, might think, you know, take fifty million, sixty million for him if someone from Saudi like comes comes to knock in? Um, I mean, if he carries on the form he's in, we're gonna have, he's gonna do a re- have a really good season and might hit twenty yeah. goals. Um, I know it's a fair way to go to get to that, yeah, but. Um, Clearly, the the operation he's had has fixed something because he, you know, you can just w- look at him and he looks sharper. He looks, you know, like he's holding on to the ball better. He's moving better. All all the things that he was struggling with um, have been really, you know, helped with, with that procedure. So, mm. you know, is it a bit hard to kind of judge him um, too harshly on kind of what came prior? I know last season it was was miserable but again he wasn't didn't really get a run of games and the whole team was miserable let's be honest yeah um and it kind of feels like it might be time to have a blank slate um so i kind of feel like let's wait and see um that doesn't necessarily mean that you know say in the summer we've got bigger and better designs then you can always you can always upgrade players and you know the clubs that really want to achieve stuff do that whether it means someone like that Ossenham who looks who looks mint um, mm. we could get someone like that I doubt but you know if if say that were a possibility then it, it's a no-brainer but um, it's it's all about getting the right players in and he's obviously a popular player with the with the squad he's playing well at the moment you know given you know the shortages we we have we bloody need players that are in a bit of form and um, want to work hard um, so you know thank God it has worked out recently because, you know, without his goals and his contribution, um, you know, things would look a bit different at the moment. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we wanted him to step up. He stepped up. So who knows what happens in the next game and the game after that? You know, it's in the future. We just have to, like, roll with the punches, especially in the season where we, we're getting smacked about with injuries and, and one or two other dramas. I mean... You know, you look back at the United game and, you know, you add the context of the illness, you know, the fact that Kulosevsky was missing and, and other players had suffered with something. I always think about that. Like, you know, if you're in a household and you get the flu, then it, uh, usually everyone else gets it, you know. Yeah. Like, let alone at a football club. <laughs> and I often think, why don't players go missing more often? Like, why don't, you know, Spurs have had that famously, lasagna, even though it wasn't lasagna, but the point being is that, uh, we were decimated, um, but uh, it, it's good. It's it's. Well, I mean, we'll come on to it later. Actually, I was going to talk about Postecoglou and he's some of the things that he said about the team, but I'll, I'll leave that until later. Um, if we continue with just looking through um, the, the the performance, what else stood out for you? You mentioned the midfield. Uh, we might as well just start there because you know we've got Basuma missing. He wouldn't have played anyway uh, because of suspension, but he's on international duty and obviously size a big loss yeah madison has been a big big loss for a long time um and you think creatively tottenham are going to struggle but just the way that we're able to you know you look at the benton core equalizer just as an example of how we play the football and you know with yeah. the advantage of some ropey positioning from man united but well, you've got to make them move, move out of position. And, and I think, you know, for me, the, the man of the match was uh, Bentenker. Um, mm. I thought he was outstanding. You know, we're talking about a player that has barely kicked a ball the best part of a year. Um, and, and was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. He's just, he's such an elegant player. Um, he has that composure um, that is so important in midfield he always looks like he's got time on the ball um it doesn't necessarily have he's just you know he doesn't get flustered he doesn't ever really look hurried mm. he just kind of knows what he's doing he's he's a bit of a rare thing in in certain way because uh, it's just one of these things you know you just pick up on things when you watch football so often that you'll just see players never use their weaker foot 
you know, even if it's kind of like a, a short pass, there's no danger of it. They'll just, even if it would be easier to kind of play it with their weaker foot, they just kind of refuse to do it. And, you know, we'll only do it in, um, you know, circumstances where it's absolutely required. He, on the other hand, he's so comfortable on both feet. Well, he's clearly right-footed, but, you know, he took his goal on his left. Loads of times he'll just kind of play it out with his left. And, you know, that's such a... You, see, you know, it right. just kind of shows you what kind of confidence and like yeah. he has with his technique um, and everything else he brings away. He just kind of glides around, kind of always popping up for passes and um, keeping things moving. And obviously, I think him's in that sixth position is, for me at least, uh, a nailed on even when Basuma's available. I just think he's mm. going to be exactly the right sort of player for this system. Yeah, I mean, he... he yes. <laughs> You know, you, you just have to watch him play. And like you said, it's incredible considering the timeout miss, you know, the first injury and then the disappointment of the second injury. And he's at, what, 55%, 60% of his capacity now, possibly. You know, yeah. it's going to take him the rest of this season and then the summer before we see the real Benton goal, which is a scary thing for everyone else, an absolutely beautiful thing for us. To, to immerse ourselves in, we've got we're kind of spoiled in midfield. Like, how are you feeling uh, about the the kind of the unlikely signing of Conor Gallagher as someone to come in to replace the Viking who would have to leave? I, I would I had yeah. to guess that we would need to sell him this window or, or loan him with an obligation uh, to buy this window for us to even consider bringing in uh, Conor Gallagher. Um, but considering that we've got Bentoncourt. And you've got Basuma, who has been up and down this season as well a little bit in terms of uh, discipline. Um, and you've got Saar in amongst it. Like, what, what, what? who's your free? Like, if you need to... Who's your free right now, let alone who's your three if Gallagher signs? Or do you think it's just a bit... A bit more, you have to be expansive with stuff like this. It's not a defi- it's never definitive three because what you're doing is you're rotating. You're protecting. You, you might have Champions League football. So now you need a squad of quality and not have to rely on lesser uh, players. And, and no disrespect to Skip or, or the Viking like in terms of... Um, there are limitations to how they play in terms of what they can offer... There are they are far more one dimensional compared to the likes of Bentoncourt and, and 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 the other players mentioned. So, any do you favour anything in particular apart from the obvious um, midfielder? Um, so, I mean, my, my you know, based on kind of all our players being fit, my three in the middle would be um, Bentoncourt, Saar, and Madison. Um, that would be you know. If it was the cup final, for instance, those would be the three that I'd start with. I think Saar does so much good work around us in transition and defensively. Yeah. I think he allows us to play a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, and he just does things, you know, he's not necessarily the tidiest player. Um, and I think that will come with, you know, experience and age and so on. But his speed of thought, he sees the picture and he, he makes these just these little touches off to on-running players that allows us to kind of sweep forward and, and, and you know, kind of cut through the opposition midfield. Um, and, and I think I didn't really see it at first. And then it was when he went out and came back and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. God, you really see how we kind of just help patch everything together. It's not, you know, he's not always the one making the kind of long raking passes or whatever, but he's just everywhere you know kind of knitting mm. things together and he has got a good pass on him as, as well at times you know he's got a few assists this season too so um i think he gets the the nod for me um and i, I just think Bentacle's just got more than basuma now that's not to say basuma isn't a really good player um you know at the start of the season it was brilliant but I, I, you know if it came came pushed came to shove that that would be um it's a good be my shout it is as well and you know and this is kind of where I am with the Gallagher stuff too I think I mean I'm a bit in two minds I don't think we should be um, doing businesses with them because obviously the reason well, I imagine the reason um, Chelsea are looking to sell is because of their financial constraints and yeah, exactly. you know we're seeing now that the, the Premier League is starting to actually kind of dish out punishments for you know financial 
poor financial management mm. and maybe Chelsea are kind of thinking, shit, we, we might be in a bit of trouble here. Um, and obviously kind of selling homegrown players is a, is a good way of kind of um, keeping out of that trouble. Um, I feel like if anything's going to happen, it will be, as much as people hate it, uh, it will be like edging towards deadline day because that's oh, where yeah, the inspiration yeah. element factors in. And the, th- the thing about, you know, you talk about Hoybier or, or even Skip, or, but Hoybier in, in particular, the type of football clubs that want it don't have any money. It's mostly Spanish football clubs that are usually kind of knocking at the door. And they don't, they can't afford the price tag that we tend to give the player. So, you know, having to do a deal for him to go out and find a club that he wants to sign for, because he might just say, nah, I, I want to leave in the summer. And then that kind of stops us from doing anything with Gallagher. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily a big problem. I think next season we're going to need a bigger squad with more options. And yes. obviously I yeah, think Hoybier sure. will be looking to move on. But, you know, just kind of on the transfers talk, I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it. But it was, what, it was the 16th of January today. And Spurs are the only player, only team to have signed a permanent signing so far. Wow. In the whole of the league. That's so, uh, different. Which is quite extraordinary, yeah. really. <laughs> Um, so, you know, maybe this unreal. FFP stuff is starting to bite and maybe you know, maybe Levy kind of gets a bit of credit for like, Oof. maybe not, you know, maybe not kind of putting his yeah, um, in, in a situation. There's something there's something in there about just doing things organically and, and the right way, as boring as, as, as that might be to, to some people, that we are in a position where we will benefit from all the revenue that's coming in. I don't really understand. I'm not going to pretend to understand the the loan repayments. I know that we are future-proof and that it isn't a problem. And Levy's said that many times. The loan, paying back the money that we owe isn't an issue. That's fine. Yeah. That is fine. There were, there were rumors and quotes credited to, to Levy not that long ago saying that we wouldn't, be able to do any business this January. And that turned out to be complete bollocks, right? But it'll be interesting to know how much we can spend. I know we had like a 400 million buffer. We probably have about 200 million of that left, maybe, thereabouts. Very basic maths on my part. Yeah. So we have that room to manoeuvre. We have that room to, 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 to do things. So it's just, again, it's just about finding the right players for the squad, which we're, we're doing. Though this is yeah. the thing, Ollie, we're not for a long time. The problem with Spurs is not so much spending money, which seems to be the easy thing. We spend money. What we don't do is spend the the, the right money. We don't spend the money on the right players for the right manager. Very important. Connect the dots. Game that doesn't get played out. Loads of tipex chucks all over it most of the time. Whereas now we have a, a manager who has a philosophy who has a team of experienced players, but also young, raw talent, some of which are beyond their years in terms of composure and, and the rest of it. And some some are, uh, unfortunately, need a bit more work, like Brennan Johnson, for example. Mm. Um, so the, um, the issue is uh, around um, just us... Just us embracing what we've got. Um, I've just completely been distracted. Here's the thing. Here's a, here's a podcast trick. Uh, when you're podcasting and you remote work, don't have your work computer on and then get absolutely rattled by a message message that comes through. What the fuck was I talking about, Ollie? Help me out, mate. I don't know. So I wasn't um, yeah, of course you weren't. Uh, no, I never listened. I think we were just talking about the quality of players, though, really, aren't we? And, you know, kind of, I'm from Gallagher, and I think you know, kind of coming back to that, the financial um, you know, I said I didn't... thing is a, is, is a positive thing. And but, the fact that... but if, he, if he were the type of player that Ange really wanted, I would have to make peace of doing business with them. And that's the only making peace I'm doing this season, none of that Arsenal nonsense. Hmm. Um, and, um, you know, he could be, you know, he's obviously a, a decent player. I can't say I like I know huge amounts about him, but when I've seen him play, he was good at Palace and, um, you know, seeing the Chelsea stats of like a are pretty impressive even if they're not um but yeah kind of would he be first choice i mean he'd probably no. back himself to be yeah and i think that's, that's what you that's rely what you on want. with these players isn't it but you want you want that competitiveness well within the squad you want people you want players to to 
pose those questions for the manager because then, and I think we have that right environment and that that kind of yeah. culture is 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 a strange word because what does that actually mean? In in for for us, it's consistency in terms of what we're trying to do as a football club from uh, acquisitions all the way through to training, all the way through to the way that they play for each other. Th- those things are fundamentals for any good team. And, it, and a lot of football clubs have that, but they don't have it at the level that Spurs have the capacity to reach. And that's hard what, to get it right, isn't it? And you, super hard. It's not. And, and, and there's, yeah, a, there's a big, you know, there's always the kind of, you know, why don't we just have a director of football and uh, or a technical director and, you know, all these things. And it's like every club in the world is trying to do this to in one way or another. And they're going about it, trying to get the right people, trying to get the right players in. And it's not as straightforward as that. Um, because if it was, every club would be great. And that's not the case. But what we do seem to have got now is actually, it does seem to be working. We're seeing it, you know, with... The, the, the quality of players that are coming in, um, you know, talking about you know, Dragazin, mm. there was, you know, they'd kind of scouted him out beforehand, had conversations with him. There seemed to be like a pretty robust process throughout yeah. that acquisition. And, um, you know, we've only seen a couple of minutes of him, but um, if, if, if what's happened before is anything to go by, then he's going to be, it's going to be really good, just like Madison has been really good. Um, like Van der Ven's been really good. Mm. Like Vicario has been really good. Yeah. These are Doing players right. that have come in and yeah. completely revolutionised our team. So if that's the case, then we're golden and we've got a nice setup. Um, and it's you know while 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 it's shining, make hay. So kind of you know because these people do get nabbed as um, you know happened at Liverpool, wasn't it? They had that I can't yeah. remember his name, but they had that kind of director there that was pretty hot on the. Uh, on the on the transfer side of things, and um, yeah. and then and then it kind of had a bit of a wobble since he left. Although they seem to be getting back to it now, but that's besides the point. You get what I mean? No, completely. So let, let's actually talk about Romero because this is a, an interesting discussion for a number of reasons. Like, obviously, captain's armband, absolute quality player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was chatting to Jack earlier on his on his on on his podcast. Um, can tell I've been busy today, um, <laughs> and he mentioned like um, I mean this is probably known. I uh, just forgot about it. That he's missed about forty percent of, of recent games or games this season, I think, through suspension and red cards and the yellow cards and the rest of it. A guy is is another player who I rate so much. I so, I rate him so highly. In fact, I rate our entire defense is fucking immense. It is absolutely mm-hmm. and and again testament to Ange Postecoglou because Ange Postecoglou has taken Poro, taken Destiny, two players that were bought for different managers and for a different manager, and. Um, well, one was a club signing, arguably destiny. But the, my point being is, they they were not meant to work in the positions and the role that they have now, and they work perfectly. And then, obviously, then you've got the centre backs, and you've got Romero in the heart of it. And you know, he's you know not to to go completely Graham Sooness. He has that Latin thing about him <laughs> in terms of <laughs> you know he would target someone and he would just get in there. And and I, and I love that about him. But yeah, he, there's a responsibility to the team to himself and the team to maybe just behave a little bit and, and maybe not be rash and maybe not be as a, aggressive as he's been. Obviously, a lot of commentary and dialogue around VAR and the interpretation of fouls this season. We've seen a lot of studs-up tackles that have just completely been ignored by the referee and by the by the other referees in that little room. Um, so I think that Romero has... a an association to his, his football. I think, not saying, again, not team foil hat, he's been targeted. Part of me doesn't want him to lose that, um, that kind of spitefulness. I think Deli Ali lost something when we had that removed from him uh, because of the, the, the attention that he, he had on the, the style of play that he had. Like, what, what, what's your thinking here with, with changing players? Can you change a player? Can you tell a player not to be who he is if it's in his personality? Or do you think he should be more accountable, considering, like, he uh, is one of the captains? 
No and no. Um, <laughs> I, I actually had this discussion with Jack last season when he was like, maybe we should get rid of him. And Jack, I was like, Jack actually wobbled massively on Romero. He's done that a couple yeah, of times. Let yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, you don't, you shouldn't be in the business of selling your best players when you can avoid it. Um, and and he, he's brilliant. Um, and yes, he, I don't necessarily buy that he's reckless. He's, he doesn't take any prisoners. Mm. He's full-hearted, but I don't think he's a nasty player. He never goes out to hurt anyone. There's nothing cynical about what he does. But he does, you know, he's, you know, he's full throttle. Um, and I think he's been a bit unlucky. Um, and I think, you, like you said there, you, we've had this kind of inconsistency and it's probably, he's probably got a bit of a rep now. Um, which is a little bit unjust in my opinion, but then you know he is, you know he's a robust player. But and I, I'm, someone once said, you know, like well, what do you want, like Sergio Ramos? I was like, yes, I want Sergio Ramos. <laughs> you know, you know what I want the, you know, you do have these players, and I think you need a few villains in the team. Um, I think all good teams have got a few villains, and, and he's one of ours. Um, and I think maybe we could do with, you know, another villain. Not Richarlison, because he's more of a wind-up than a villain. Um, but, you know, someone that's a bit that's a bit nasty. Um, so, no, I wouldn't change anything. I think you you, know, you have to take the rough of the smooth. Um, but what's he missed? He's missed three games for suspension, and then he had the injury, didn't he? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. It might be more, um, but... I, I get it. It's it's impacted us. It's, yeah, and it has. And you know, it, that, that impact was you know exacerbated by the fact that Van der Ven's hamstring blew up at the same time, and that we'd sold Sanchez, um, who would have been probably a better fit for replacing um, Romero than Dyer obviously was. R.I.P. Um, but um, you know that that's not all on Romero. Yeah, part of that was the club left us short, and obviously they recognised that, and you know got this Dragosin in um, pretty sharpish. So um, now that he's got that kind of buffer in, in Dragosin, mm. I think, well, you know, is he going to get red cards? Probably. Um, is the the net benefit of him maybe getting the odd red card um, worth kind of? making him more timid? No. Um, you know, he is so central to what we do. Um, and obviously he's, you know, he's really good at like tackling across the ground, but he is brilliant on the ball. Like he is so absolutely good. mustard. Yeah, so you know, his pass for the, um, Benton goal. Yeah, the start, you know, yeah. but you know, that's not just what he's done that time. And again, mm. you know what? He's got three goals this season as well. Is it? Yeah. He's, he's wished could have scored, could have yeah, scored yeah, yeah. Against, uh, United as well. So he's getting, he, getting he's, to, uh... you know, and, and I think as you know, he's, he's still relatively young as well. Um, and it's not about necessarily him taking that aggression out. He'll probably just kind of get a bit wiser and, and read situations a bit better as he gets older and, mm. and, and won't maybe kind of go for some of the challenges he thinks he can get. Cause I think that's what it is. He's not trying to, hurt someone he's just he's um overconfident if you like or, or you know, rather than reckless he's just like i can get that and he can't it's, and then with experience similar. he'll work that out it's sorry it's it's similar to basuma who's press resistant right you you hear that all the time when he's protecting the ball in he he can protect the ball um, I don't know why I repeated that. So when he's protecting the ball, he can he can basically then pass it on, and he doesn't get bullied off it, which is yeah. a great strength. When he's got time, perhaps to attack someone who's got the ball at feet, that's when he might miss time. And I think it, we've assumed it's a lot more clumsy. I think, um, I think Romero has delivered some incredible tackles that look absolutely like bone crunching but they're not he's got he's won the ball and yeah now and again he misses and he might, he might take the player out with him as well um let's talk about Poro quickly and destiny because like like I alluded to earlier like they were they were they weren't being dismissed as players who were going to disappear 
this season or not fit in. But, you know, Poro has just gone up so many levels in terms of quality and delivery. And he's he's just an absolute mentality monster on the pitch. Yep. Um, and, and destiny is just like, it just makes it look easy. Like, de- I mean, okay, you know, he, he's a young guy. People, I say people, people outside of Tottenham will go, whoa, nearly scored an own goal, mate. It's a, yeah, have you watched him play at all? Did you what, Did you see his performances in Italy? Have you watched him, you know, this season for Tottenham? We're, we're really, really not lucky because I think it's been by design for once. But we're fortunate to have such a strong back line because it all starts from the back. Literally all starts from the back with this team. With the way... Um, just with the way that we play. Um, it's it's vital that the confidence with the back line, from goalkeeper to the, to, to the back four, yep. is evident all, all the time. And it is. And it yeah. is. It was even evident when Davis and, and, and Royal were there. Obviously, it's not ideal to have full backs in centre-back positions uh, but to have quality players upholding the system and the, in the identity that you play is just exceptional um, sometimes I mean, when we're knocking it around the back and we're getting pressed your heart is in your mouth isn't it because you just think there's literally like you just think well that's it we're going to lose the ball here like there's no way and then they get out and you're like how the fucking hell have they managed that and then all of a sudden we're like sprinting up the pitch and you know as you said that does come it all starts at the back but all those players in order to do that you've got to have like the technique to to pull it off um and you've got to be coached properly in order to know kind of how to do it um and obviously that's happening and it it, it is like you know you're shitting yourself but you know when it happens you're like it's it's so impressive you know because not often would you be watching a team play the ball out of defence and be thrilled by it. But we make it thrilling. And it's not thrilling for thrilling sake. It's it's a tactic. It's a ploy. It's a it's our means of getting into attack. So you end up kind of getting really excited when we've escaped it. And then you're like, oh, shit, now we're on the attack. And it just kind of, again, you're like, your excitement doubles up. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, just a, it's just so much fun at the moment. Isn't it? It, it, it is. And it's, and it's not superficial. It's, it's, there's, there's depth um, to, to what we're doing. There's, um, there's just, there, there's, it's not just Spurs like, oh, pretty, pretty football. Are you enjoying your pretty football? Are you having fun scoring injury time winners? All of that was just, again, a learning curve. It was just us slowly building up towards something. No one predicted we'd be in the position we're in now, right? And you could playfully entertain us winning the league this season, playfully entertain it. The odds are not great because of everything that's happened beforehand. But if, if we get everyone back... All I'd wa- all I would want to see from Tottenham is good football, the football we've been playing, mm. and um, we are a team that Postecoglou said this many times. We are not just um, we're we're not just out to to beat City this season, right? To use his his quote. It's about what we do in the long term. How how do we get there? How do we become a team that is not just expected to win every game and win every tournament, every competition rather, that we are a team that actually does that? That's a big fucking step. I mean, it's it's yeah. improbable. We're really, we're, historically, the odds stacked against us because of City and other clubs. There's a there's, but to have a manager that talks like that, and then to see that on the pitch. In, in games across several games to see that with players it it's it's empowering it 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 makes you know that it's not just pretty football or heart in mouth football and then nothing it's consistent even the games that we've lost this season you know you can sit there and you can you can scratch your chin and go what the fuck happened at brighton for example but it it's fine it's fine and it's yeah. weird to say that when we lost three on the trot i was like this is the best run of defeats I've ever experienced. For, <laughs> what the fuck does that even? That's stu- was such a stupid thing to like. Like that's that's. I'd have people probably say to me, "You're deluded, mate. You've lost three on the trot. What's going on?" 
but we didn't get smashed. We didn't get bullied. We did, we could have won some of those games. Yeah. It just so happens that we do. It's unnerving. It's 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 a, it's a discomfort. Maybe I think as a fan base, we're not arrogant. The people would accuse us of being arrogant. I think we're dreamers. As a fan base, we're sensitive. As a fan base, I don't think we cope well with real pressure, that expectancy to win every game. But somehow, Postacoglu is setting these foundations in place where I think we will cope. Uh, I think we will be in a position where things are easier to digest, win, lose, or draw. Sure. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a powerful template to finally, finally have from, you know, board level, the appointments they're making, backing Paratici when a lot of us were calling him a criminal and wanted him sacked, or rather we were saying, why did you appoint a criminal? And now he's like a playful meme as well, but he's delivering and helping and consulting in the right way. And you've got Mun in there, uh, Lang Doing in something. there. Yeah, and it's just people are... The club, the infrastructure is supporting the, the 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 output, and the output so far, very early, is good and healthy. Yeah. Uh, v, uh, just just picking up on uh, one of the points you were yeah, making yeah. there about, um, I actually kind of looking at the United game. I know the result maybe was a bit disappointing because I think we could have won it, but there was a there was a slightly different edge to us, a kind of maturity, a bit a bit more of a, a bit more bullying kind of aspect to us um i think you know some of the results this season have been a bit kind of harem scarum but there was a a sense of control a sense of kind of gravitas to the players and i felt like actually we're, we're you know we're, we we are a good team now they're like they believe it and they go we can play this way and even with all the you know i think we had 12 players missing it's a 25 man squad do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's that's obscene, um, and and yet we still had this 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 air about us. This kind of it was like chess out sort of stuff, um, and, and I just feel there's there's been a switch recently. You know, the, the start of the season was like you said, laying those foundations, but there's a there's a kind of sense of belief now, and I and I, I don't think it's any um, mistake that. People like Skip and Hoybier probably had their best games because of that that sense of kind of togetherness and 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 belief. Uh, and you know, just one more thing that you touched on there was the the appointments and the kind of the board appointments of of Mann and um, Lange or Langi, whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, I, I, you know, I butcher every word, mate. So yeah, don't worry about it. Um, and, and you know, we're, like you said, yeah, the, the players coming in, and this has been mirrored across the, the women's team are the same. They've been getting their transfers in. The, the style of football has improved dramatically. The the performances have. So there is obviously, or there has obviously been, a real th- rethink about how we do things at the club over um, the yeah, end of last season and then the summer and how we wanted to progress. Um, and obviously that is a an entire kind of reset, if you like. Um, and I don't believe anyone could have thought it would have gone um, as well as it has as as it has so quickly. But you know we're here now, um, exactly. uh, and you've just got to kind of plough on because um, it's it's really really working. So let uh, we're, we're I want to talk about Postacoglu. There's a quote, and I want to talk about a couple of other quotes that came out off the back of the game. But we'll do we'll do that in the Patreon section in in the moment. I just want to finish up because I'm conscious that we, it's the United game, obviously. Everyone's digested it and, and analysed it by this point. But I do want to touch upon uh, Timo making his debut, uh, your, yep. your thoughts about that, and just and just how you feel about the whole Brennan-Johnson uh, debate, if it's even that, just in terms of um, him perhaps not being... Uh, I was going to say up to scratch, and that's, that's, that's too harsh of a, of, of a phrase, but he's not quite gelled into the team yet like as an individual he gets himself into threatening positions but he's the quality of his delivery and decision making isn't quite there yet he's a young guy let's stick with with Johnson as I'm as I'm waffling away here uh you gotta be patient with, with, with him right you shouldn't really dwell on the 40 million quid spent and bang on about we should have bought an end end product player I think the club have 
acknowledge that he's a project. He's he's one for the future. He's very talented. You can see he's talented, but perhaps all the injuries and suspensions have just well, not all the injuries have pushed him into the first team, um, and, and probably made it difficult for him uh, with the pressure that comes with with expectations, you know, from from mm. from everyone. Um, He's a talent, yeah? I mean, I'm not yeah. making that up. No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, and he's actually had some really good games for us. He's got a few assists. He's got, got a goal, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, he, there's obviously been some difficulties with his with his final ball at times. Um, and, uh, you know, we really saw that on Saturday. I don't think it's a lie to say that he probably wasn't expected to be starting. I think he started 12 games in a row now. That wouldn't have been the vision for him, but kind of circumstances have meant that, you know, it, he's had to. Um, but there's, it's not just the, the absences and the forward line that means he's been starting. It's also the kind of players behind him in midfield that he's not had a Madison really threading him in into maybe even more opportune situations or, or players getting forward and um, the, the best strikers or the best midfielders on the pitch to kind of support him in those situations because it, it is a team game and it, it doesn't always just kind of break down. He put a cross in um, the other day and Vern has kind of gone in. He, he's kind of run towards him near post. Yeah. And actually everyone's like, oh, he's overhit that. But it's actually a really good ball. If he's pulled out to the back post, he's got a tap in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is, Point. you know, they're not always aiming for the player. They, they, they aim for a space, don't they? Yeah. For, for, the, for the player to attack. Exactly. Um, so, and it, so if the player running in makes a wrong run, oh, it looks like he's absolutely shanked it, but actually it might be the player running in that's made the wrong run. Um, and he's gone away to United. We've got Richarlison, obviously, is, is in good form at the moment. We've got Werner kind of making his debut. So he's, what was that, two training sessions? He's hardly going to be up, completely up to speed on. I think he's been injured as well be. this season. I think he's struggled yeah. this season with, with injuries, which is... I like, think that was his first game since November. So, yeah. you know, let's, let's not get too hasty. Um, but yeah, Johnson obviously is a, is, a, is a really talented player. Um, I think we have to be patient with him. Um, he's shown a lot of good good qualities as well. I thought on Sunday, you know, his ability to kind of stretch their defence was, was really important. You know, once um, kind of Porro would play it out and then Porro would play it into the channel and he was just flying down there. I think it was a um, Dallow he was up against or Wampasaka. Mm. You mm. know, that, and he, he was he was cooking them. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, you, you do have to be patient with him and I think also once we've got more first team players... Um, back in the, back in the team, you'll see more from him too because he's just going to be getting the ball in in better positions. Yeah, perfect. Uh, patience, it's logic, it's pragmatic, it's and it's fine to be critical of players' performances. By yeah. the way, for anyone listening, it's okay to to say you play shit. You can say that, um, but you know, again, it's uh, things like this. You you have to add context to it. Yeah, there's, there's playing, having a, having a run of poor games, and then there's like, what have we wasted all this money on this this chump? It's a um, massive difference, and, and this isn't it, basically. Yeah. I'm saying we've wasted our money on him. You know, I'm not going to argue with the people that think we should have spent it elsewhere. I'd love to know who that, that, that alternative is, um, um, because obviously football fans know more about football than anyone else. Allegedly, um, right. Let's let's stop there. Uh, for anyone okay. listening to this uh, on a, a podcast app for free, thank you for downloading. Thanks for supporting. Uh, for anyone on Patreon, we're going to crack on about Ange Postecoglou, a little bit about Roy Keane, and a little bit about something else. Um, so uh, catch you on the Patreon part. Um, if you want to listen to that, Patreon.com. Uh, forward slash spooky in purgatory. Ollie, say goodbye to the the, the normal freeloaders. The freeloaders. <laughs> goodbye. There you go. Uh, up the Spurs. Right. I, I want to read something out from Ange Postacoglu. Is it These to guys, you personally? I, I wish. I wish. 
Levy never replied to my letters. I don't think Angie's going to reply to my <laughs> Like letters. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Postacoglu said, these guys are giving me everything, whoever is out there, whether it's uh, guys playing out of position, guys who haven't played in a while, guys, guys coming back from injury, they just give everything. It's not always smooth. But there's no manager on this planet who wouldn't feel like they're in the right place when they see the kind of uh, effort these guys are putting in. Um, now he's like his presser after the United game was incredible. Like, it, and he was just talking straight. He was just talking. The power of talking straight without an agenda, without cryptics, is just incredible. What it does uh, to the soul as a football supporter, as, you, as, as you're listening. But a lot of what he's saying is down to him, right? Like, we, we, you know, we've bought the right profile players. We've bought the right players who are gelling and kind of sinking into the the belief system that we have. But th- they have to feel empowered to, to believe in themselves. And we've had managers who have been very critical, um, asking players to play less expansive football to... to to make football where errors are magnified uh, and, and, and and can crush the, 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 the confidence. This is down to Postacoglu is doing the right thing in talking up the players and giving them credit. And and from the sounds of it, a lot of them are coming back from injury early. A lot of them are playing through sickness. But it's down to Ange, right? It's down to this guy. Like, how how does this guy do the basics so well and serial winners like Conte and Mourinho, who were meant to be, I mean, quick wins, really, let's be honest. And that's probably why it's failed. But how do they not see it? You know, how do you not come into a football club and go, do you know what? I can't play the football that I'm I'm known for. Question, you know, you could question why he's appointed in the first place, like Conte. But surely you look at it and think, I can get a song out of this lot, but I can do things a little bit different. Like... How is Postacoglu fearless? The guy that's come from the, from from winning everything with Celtic, and, and that's a, that's often a meme, right? It's often a criticism. Yeah. Well, well, Gerard won the title in Scotland, and you know whoever else managed any of those two clubs. Um, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. We've we've hard evidence of this guy is a fucking winner. He's got a winner's mentality. And he backs yeah, I think himself w- with everything. When, when, when the Celtic fans were saying, you know, when he signed for us, like, you, you don't you don't realise what you've got here, kind of, when people were a bit, kind of, I think myself included, a bit sceptical about it. Um, and, and these are fans that are used to winning trebles every year. But there was something different about him, wasn't there, to him? You know, in the Brendan Rodgers one, was it like nine titles in a row or something? And, and they're completely like, uh, uninterested with him. But like, he was what there two years, and they're like they were in love with him. Yeah, and we probably should have listened to him a bit more because, I mate, I, I honestly, when they were linking him, I can remember this vividly. I stopped trying to pronounce his name halfway through his name. I was like, this is this is bullshit. Why are we linked with this guy? Who the fuck is he? This I is, thought this it is was podcaster and blogger and football supporter just just taking an arrogant. No, we want the latest hipster manager in. And that's how distorted I was, just in terms of of the expectations that we believe are the right decisions. You know, we want a manager with a CV. We want a manager that does this. We want a man. We've tried every goddamn manager that's ever existed. Every every variant of a football coach we have tried and we have broken. You know? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, fair that, play I to the club. They they took a they did take a risk to to massive. a point. Obviously, yeah. they probably know a bit more about how these things work than we do it turns out um and did did their homework um but you know how has he done it i think you kind of touched on it actually it is the playing expansive football i think if you're a footballer you want to play expansive football i don't think there are any footballers in the world that go actually i'd rather just kind of we stuck around like 35 percent possession camped on the edge of our box and try and hit on the break. That's how, that's how I enjoy doing my job. So I think players now go in and go, oh, yeah, we're going to like try and knock it around and you kind of play on the edge. Um, and that's probably a lot more enjoyable because you're testing your technical abilities rather than um, limiting them, which is what, you know, 
Conte did really it was about you know making no mistakes don't take a chance make the simple pass go through this process and you know the, the idea is obviously to, to win games and as soon as that stops working or there's a whatever problems that the results dry up then what have you got you've got nothing whereas at least with this style of football it's about taking a risk he's you know he's been really clear on numerous occasions like if a player makes a mistake and it's making a mistake that I've told them to by you know being aggressive playing attacking football that's on me that's my responsibility not the players if it's something I've asked them to do that's my responsibility if they're taking the risk that I've asked them to do and I will take the flack yeah and so he's removed that pressure from the players straight away yeah, yeah. And, and and he's you know, and I guess after the last few years it must be a breath of fresh air where you've got a manager that is accepting culpability if something goes wrong even though he's not actually on the pitch affecting it directly and then they're, they're kind of they're freed from that from that anxiety and that fear of making the mistake and that allows them to to you know to play better but also kind of probably feel better about themselves and they're going well, actually this guy makes me I'm enjoying my football um, I feel confident actually I, I, I like this guy I'm going to buy into it more and, you know, kind of each stage incrementally, more and more, they're buying into it themselves. And that, you know, that breeds team spirit and camaraderie. And and then eventually you end up going, actually, you know, we're really good now. Um, and, it, you know, it's and, – and, and that's the process behind it. And it's, Obviously, it's you need to be able to coach the attacking football. That's yeah. an important element too. It's all very well saying, yeah, yeah just make mistakes. He's got to like, – and has to have the – the coaching ability to kind of go, these are the patterns of play I want us to work on. These are the drills we're going to go through. This is interesting, right? Because I, I feel like so much of it is dumbed down by the media and, and by some uh, kind of... Um, Jonathan Lou, just say his name. It's Jonathan Lou. Well, there, there, there's there's this thing around, oh, he says mate a lot. Okay, look, like, fuck the pressers. I, I, read, I read somewhere where someone said, watch the mask slip. And I go, what mask? He's, he's, not, he's not everyone's mate. I'd never thought that, mate. What, 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 are you, what are you digging at? He tolerates. He's always tolerated the media, and he, he he's he's quips and he's 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 funny moments. Funny in in that moment because that's just you know the way the best way to respond often is with a bit of sarcasm and and, and you know and sometimes he does say nice things or he says the thing that makes the journalist feel nice, but he's not there just to entertain the journalists. And then in terms of his football, you know, this whole Angeball thing is just like, oh, they just play the high line and they just rush. They go rush. They go hang. They Mate, you're making him sound like a PE teacher. Yeah. Believe that if you believe but that's that. That's what Jonathan Liu called him. And then, you know, on the high line thing, we don't really play that high. Well, I mean, we do play a higher line, but it's not like we're sat on the halfway line unless, you know, unless we push them right back, we will push up. Loads of times at the weekend, you know, United were pressing us high and we were having to play out from the from the edge of our box. And then we break through and then we move up. It's not... It's because of what happened at Chelsea, the, the Chelsea game. The, 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 this kind of... This falsehood has just been allowed to kind of be accepted by sections of the press and it's just... It's become a meme in and of itself. And it's like... It's actually bollocks. You know, think back to the Arsenal game at the Emirates. You know, first half especially, they had us camped in. We, we were having we have to defend deep. Obviously, when we got the ball, we'd try and move out. We'd try and attack once we um, had the ball. But it wasn't like we were just pushing up needlessly. Because if we did, we'd, you know, it, it, we would have lost. Yeah, exactly. But we, you know, There's... it's about the situation, and it is it is it gives fans when when you get these sort of pundits and reporters talking about it like that they're not doing their job and actually they're they're not you know their job is to report what happened or give analysis on on what they've seen and and they're they're making it up basically because it's not true yeah i completely agree i don't care if they want to continue to do that i mean there is a weird energy around the way tottenham are reported on there was something else that came out the other day um God, what what was the what was the what was the point of the, the article? It, it was it was almost like disparaging in, in in some way. Again, it's like 
It's almost like how dare Spurs try and do something. <laughs> you know, it's like Spurs have got to be doing something, but it's got to be entertaining, and we've got to know that it's going to fail. But if there's a even a threat that it could be successful, let's overanalyze it. Like, why do Spurs do this? Why do, why do people talk about Tottenham? Mate, hold on. It's okay for Villa and Brighton and Brentford. Why, why is it okay for these teams? Is it because you don't actually perceive these teams as, as, as clubs that can sustain it? So you don't see them as a threat? So you so you 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 you're okay to go look at how pretty they they play football. Or they might win the league this season. It'd be amazing if they did. I hope they do. It's okay to say about those football clubs because they're not deemed a threat to the monopoly. But Spurs somehow, even with all the fuck ups and all the 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 the, the hitting of the brick wall, are somehow still perceived as a threat because they yeah, might I was they might discussing get it right this with my, with my mate Billy the other day actually. Um, and as to why we kind of have this, we sit in this kind of hinterland, don't we? Yeah. Um, and he he came up, he was saying to me, it's, it's because we're the best of the rest. Exactly. You've got the, you've got the big clubs, which we can, you know, you know, especially this season, we, we can, we can keep up and match, but also for every other club, it's punching up. So, and then for every, or for all like, United and stuff that they're punching down, but it's okay because it's Tottenham because there's still like enough clubs will go, yeah, enough fans of clubs go, yeah, we don't like them either, and so we we exist in this kind of purgatory. Um, but um, we're now in, we're now heading to heaven. So, whoa, that was that was that was strained, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, but but I, I kind of get it. We're, but this is this is why Spurs are criticize of from a fan perspective like because we do aim high there is you know the club is ambitious because the fan base is ambitious and 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 we want the best we want to play brilliant football and we tried sacrificing that and it killed us right it destroyed us and we realized hold on a minute it is actually about the football and then everything that comes after that it, it depends how high level that football is and obviously that's what we're aiming to achieve with uh, Ange I mean what's your ambitions for this season considering this season was almost like a free hit because it was a transition it is a transitional season it still is and we've had all these obstacles chucked in our way and we're still in amongst it we could still qualify for the Champions League we could do better we, we might do better maybe possibly where do you fall uh, with uh, you know the FA Cup and and the league, like what would you deem as that? That that's a really good start for Tottenham. I mean, anything at this point is a good start. Personally, I think it's a cherry on top. If we were to win the FA Cup, it would be incredible. Yeah, It'd be just unreal. Anything more than that would be surreal. To be fair, and I'm not I'm not even going to talk about the league title because I just there's no point at this point. Yeah, um, but I, I would be. What are you, uh, what I would be disappointed if we didn't get top four. I think we're bang on for it. I think we'll probably, I think we'll probably come third, if I'm honest. I expect that's where I expect us to finish. Um, I think City would do it. Um, I think Liverpool will come second, and I think it'll be us. And I, you know, I can't see that lot. I think I, I think they've got some problems. You know, I don't think it's all going that well. They still lack goals. Same problem as last year. Mm. And um, but they haven't got the players that performed so well for them last season that were all burnt out now, aren't they? So <laughs> um, you know, they've not really moved forward. Um, in terms of the FA Cup, I mean, City. Obviously, if we beat City, maybe it's on. Yes, it's on. It's on because you've got to fancy us to kind of get far into the tournament after that. Um, so it's a bit of a free hit. Yeah, I'd I'd love to win the FA Cup. It'd be amazing. Imagine we came third and won the cup. That would be an absolutely brilliant season, yeah. by by any measure Incredible. in any season. Incredible. And well, what a I foundation think, to, to to have to go on to bigger yeah. things. And and it, you know, if that were to happen, you'd be looking at next season going, well, let's let's try and win the league then. Yeah. Um, and that's not been. You know, silly or or, or naive. Well, it's, it's not. Like, it's not uh, it's, it's... Uh, look at look at how we've played. We've been away to Emirates, 
um, Arsenal and yeah, and United. Yeah, we haven't lost. Yeah, you know, you know, against all the, or, or you know, the top six or you know, thereabouts, we've um, we've held our own, and you know, where we've had stumbles, you know, you can see, you can see why, and you, know, you take for instance the Villa game, we, we probably should have won that really, and yeah, I think there's there's been a few poor results, um, but I think that's going to be expected with you know, this project as as early on as it is, and with the injuries that we've had and you know, so kind of looking at you know Wolves was bad um West Ham was pretty rotten as well um and then and then Brighton which was just a a weird game in general yeah, but super. that side we've been we've been really good well look um we'll finish up is there anything you want to get off your chest any 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 moans oh anything? so much but uh we haven't got that long uh, no i'm just I, you know it's, it's just a really really fun time at the moment it um, is, mate. it is and i think everything seems to be pretty rosy at the club so it'd be interesting to see how how uh, lady fate um <laughs> smashes it in the face in a few weeks or something this is it's it. always it's a disaster around the corner but the fucking universe isn't it it's the universe saying it nah it's the, it's the it's the the simulation algorithm it's just been programmed to say yeah tottenham nah it's not gonna happen just keep keep Can't edging happen. them keep not allowed them. not allowed it's not it's programmed it's pre-programmed it's you can't you need a neo in the matrix to try and hack it and i don't know maybe postacoglu is a Slightly heavier Neo, possibly. Maybe. Perhaps. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll do it more often, mate. Um, Lovely. And obviously at the minute, it's great talking about Spurs, you know. Even when we lose, it, 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 it's a conversation we can have um, uh, because there's belief. There isn't terrorism at the football club uh, in terms of Antonio Conte. And I know he had a difficult time on a personal level, but so much of the, the football-centric stuff um, really proved to us, and as a club, and to Levy, that you have to remember who you are. The identity of the football club should be reflected in the manager, not the other way around. We shouldn't become the ego of the manager, and that's what we've tried to do. Uh, it hasn't worked, but we've learned our lesson, maybe, hopefully. Right now, it's all good. And a lot long mate continue. Uh, starting with Man City at home in the cup on my birthday. I'm not going to the Ooh. game. I absolutely gutted I'm not going to the game, but it is, it is my birthday. I've got other things to do. So as long anything as nice? being, um it's just family family stuff. Family it's, it's nearly my birthday as well. Um and I'm getting old. Well, I'm there already, mate. And also I share my birthday with uh, Bill Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Tony Parks. Mm. Nice. And uh, Jose Mourinho, unfortunately. <laughs> Not so nice. <laughs> right, let's let's end it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're still listening now, well done you. Congratulations. Up the spares.